last time I spoke, I was speaking from um, Esther, the book of Esther. And Esther, if you're looking at like, like a timeline, Esther is taking place um, after Daniel and them had gone off to captivity for 70 years in Babylon. And Esther is um, kind of a little bit later. And then you're going to have uh, Ezra moving to, back to Jerusalem and starting worship in the temple. And then you're going to have Nehemiah show up and they're going to fix the walls and hang the doorpost. And then <laughs> it sounds like American society. And then Nehemiah's going to have to get nasty going, look, if you show up at the gates on Sabbath, I'm going to drive you off to the non-Jewish people <laughs> because people like to make a sale. And uh, so I'm sure that it was uh, cotton candy and probably all kinds of things that they wanted to sell, but he didn't want them selling those things because it was the day of rest officially from God. And, you know, Jesus had this problem with money changers in the temple. You know, I see a pattern with humanity. There's always somebody wanting to just needs to make an extra dollar someplace. So, uh, so we did the first three chapters, and which was the fun part of es uh, Esther because you know uh, Vashti, the the queen, has decided she won't throw won't come when the king is having a really prestigious party and wants to show off his beautiful queen, and she's going, uh, no, I'm staying over here at my party, and I'm not coming, and so he checked, and like, what should we do, and his wise, wise people, I want to say wise guys, his, uh, wise people said, hey, you should, uh, kind of look around, uh, bring some beautiful women from the, you got 127 different, you know, provinces out there that, um, respond to you as their king why don't you get some beautiful women from maybe all 127 uh and bring them to town and uh, we'll uh we'll uh, train them for a year and uh, see how you like them and if you really like one of them well you can just replace her and get a new queen and the king says let's work on that that sounds like a good idea now him being a guy i don't know that this was all wisdom as much as it was a king with beautiful women. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. So uh, the Jewish girl is being raised by her uncle because her parents are deceased. And Mordecai uh, has been taking care of her. And they live there in Susa at the, at the main capital city. And so uh, she, uh, they they put uh, some eunuchs in charge of all the girls and the one that was in charge of her she really uh, he really liked her and thought I bet he thought wow she's really nice and she would I think the king she'd she'd be good for him so he trains her and then uh, um, all the way to down to the point of when it's her turn to go and kind of spend the night with the king or whatever, however they worked all that. Uh, she asked him, well, what should I take? You, they said, I can take anything. And he tells her what to take. I don't know if that means she's carrying peacock feathers too. I, I don't know what that means. Don't you want, want to know about all those little extras that like, they don't talk about that part. But the king really liked her. 
And undoubtedly, they had a really, not just that night, they probably got along really well, and he makes her the queen. So now the Jewish girl, Esther, is now the queen, and he's replaced Vashti. And uh, meanwhile, her uncle is keeping up with her. I mean, he's raised her, you know, and he can stay in the outer areas of the courts that are around the, the palace, and uh, he checks on her every day. He probably sends word and all this stuff, and um, and there's some different dignitaries there, and, and the king has made a guy named Haman, uh, given him a, a big job after these two guys are trying to decide they, they work there and they don't like the king and they've plotted to kill him. And Mordecai's uh, heard it, overheard it, and uh, turned him in, and they took care of them, didn't end well for them. Uh, Haman's kind of raised into like a second to the king kind of position. And Haman has, if you read the Bible, uh, you read Esther, Haman's one of those guys that has, uh, he sings the song, How Great Thou Art, except that he, it's like, How Great I Am. You know, he's got his own version of that song. <laughs> he, he thinks highly of himself, and he's like, works for the king. And uh, he expects people to bow to him, except that this Jewish guy that's out there, and let me go ahead and say for a minute, is that like Mordecai would be dressed like an, a, 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 a nice Jewish gentleman, and he would probably have his prayer shawl tied around his waist when he wasn't praying somewhere. I'm not saying he would pray out front, but he would have some, some clothing that indicated he was Jewish. And so he had this tallit tied around, and uh, the tallit's got some white on it, and it's got some, uh, I did a little bit more research about their tallits, and they got, it's got two bands of blue around it. That's all interesting, and maybe I'll tell you that in a minute. Uh, anyway, it's obvious that he's Jewish, and Haman, when he walks by, everybody bows down to him. He's like an important dude, you know, and except Mordecai doesn't do this. Mordecai follows the living God. And so he's not making homage to Haman. And uh, Haman's got the big head. And he um, just makes me think of all these old phrases like the big head. Where do, we, where do we come up with these things? But you know what I mean, right? That's some way it's fit itself into our American language. And we talk with all these little phrases, you know, we're from different parts of the country, you go, what? What? What did you just say? Or if you've got friends in Great Britain, and they always have something unusual to say. Never can figure out if they're really cussing or not, because they're, you can tell if I'm watching a British a movie with Brits in it, because it totally offends the other people. So I, I'm taking that those words are undoubtedly are not nice words to say to each other. I kind of know in America what words you shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't say, you know. I was raised and working in a car wash when I was 14, and I learned a lot of wor words that I didn't know what they were. And I was trying to sometimes figure out, in between all the colorful language that these gentlemen were using, uh, at 14, you're just trying to figure out, did he tell me to bring the water bottle, the spray bottle, or to get in the car and wash the windows? I, I don't know. I was trying to figure it out in between all the colorful language. So I, I'm sure you wanted to know that, but... Uh, that's for another day. So Mordecai is uh, 
he's Jewish. He's not bowing down. Haman's got, uh, he's into himself. And uh, Haman comes up with a plan. He's just going to get rid of this Jewish guy and dead gum it. If Mordecai is like that, well, then all the Jews are like that. I'm just going to, he's just going to come up with a plan to get rid of all the Jews. So he's got, um, he sent out letter. they've sent out letters to all the different areas and that on the 12th month of their calendar and the 13th day is going to be the day where they can just take everything away, kill anybody that's Jewish, young, old, men, women. This is going to be the deal. And so they have, in the end of chapter 3, they've sat down to have some wine together, the king and Haman. And meanwhile, this edict has gone out everywhere, and the whole city of Susa has been thrown into confusion. And that's where we end. Confusion. All the Jews are going to are open targets on the 12th month, the 13th day of the 12th month. And this is what's gone out. Chapter 4, New American Standard. So when Mordecai learned all that had been done, he tore his clothes, he put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the midst of the city and wailed, crying, you know, loudly and bitterly. And I think about us as Christians... And if we, if, if spiritual, if stuff started happening in our country, stuff's going on here and there, but if stuff started happening where all the Christians were in a, in a, in a hard future coming place and something had been dictated by our government or some government in the world, because stuff goes on with Christians uh, and Jewish people, and uh, would we put on sackcloth and ashes? Would we fast? Would we do things to center ourselves down and, 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 and say, in effect, to God, this is really important. We would like for you to change these circumstances. We'd like for you to change this sickness. We'd like for you to change this financial condition, this, this uh, bondage, this whatever, something that would be a big deal, um, so verse 2, he went as far as the king's gate, for no one was to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. This would, this would not be, you know, life is hard for even kings, and you just don't do this. You just don't, you know, come in in, in um, this condition because it's saying that something's really hard going on. And the king kind of chooses what goes on inside the walls. Verse 3, in each and every province where the command and the decree of the king had came, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and wailing, and many lay on sackcloth and ashes. And even Esther's maidens and, and the eunuch who's like in charge came and told her, and the queen um, just, uh, you know, she's just in great anguish. At this, and so she sends. She hears that Mordecai is out there dressed like this. Her uncle, and he's raised her. You know, it's like a, like her dad almost. And she sends clothes for him, so he'll remove. He would remove the sackcloth, but he didn't accept them. Nope, not going to do it. So she summoned the the the. the she had one eunuch that was assigned to her, and she asked him to go and find out what was going on. This is down in verse five, and to learn what this was and why this was. And so he goes to Mordecai to the, to the city square 
And Mordecai tells him all that's happened to him and the exact amount of money that Haman has promised to pay to the king's treasury for the destruction of the Jews. You know, he gets, he has pretty good assets himself and even more assets now that he works really close with the king. And he's told the king, like, if you'll just let me destroy this people, I will give money into the, into the treasury here at the capital. Um, and the king, you know, told him to go ahead gives him a signet ring to wear of the king that he could seal it and everybody knows that that's the mark of the king on on this that then the king's behind it so he uh verse eight in chapter four he gives a copy uh, of the text of this edict um to the eunuch and and uh, he, the, he might show it to esther and inform her what's going to take place and what's being said and um he came back, he relates Mordecai's words to Esther, and in verse 10, Esther spoke to him and, and, and ordered him to reply back to Mordecai. She's pretty much, she's the queen, and uh, even though she knows her uncle knows a lot of things, she just wanted to explain to the king, uh, to, to uh, Uncle Mordecai. Verse 11, and she says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that for any man or woman who comes to the king to the inner court who is not summoned, he has but one law, and that he would be put to death unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. It's been 30 days since Esther has seen the king face to face. And she's saying, this is just want to remind you, this is how it is, you know. If you come out there, where the king can see you in the outer court, uh, now it's a life and death issue. He's either going to say, come, and if he doesn't say, come, then you're done in. This is the way the king runs stuff. And so we get to the really important little section here. This is like the pivotal part that we should probably be pondering in our own lives today, tomorrow, next year, sometime. Till Jesus comes back. Verse 12, they related Esther's words to Mordecai. And then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. Do not imagine you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you've not attained royalty for such a time as this. Our application is that this is a great story, but there's a, there's a part, part there. You and I who have, who have accepted Jesus, we have become part of the family of God. And in that, we're in that sense royalty. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High. Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, is our older brother. He has been seated at the right hand of God at the place of all honor, and we are his little brothers and sisters. So we are in the lineage, so to speak, of Jesus. We are of the house of Jesus before the Ancient of Days. So there's kind of a parallel to this. So when, when, when her uncle says, and who knows whether you have not attained royalty for that phrase for such a time as this, 
You never know when a story comes of a friend, a family, a child, something from an individual to a nation, to part of the world even, that needs this to be brought, the situation to be brought before the Ancient of Days, and you're the one, possibly, to be clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, which you are, and to come before your Father on their behalf. That's exactly what Mordecai is saying to Esther. You don't know. It wasn't just because you were cute and that you were in, happened to live in the capital, and of all the other girls, that you were the one he made queen. It might not just be that it just happened that way, that you had a great amount to do with this, that you may be in this position because God wanted you in this position. You don't know. I looked up in another source that is a non-political source because I just have this thing about the babies every so often. The average in 2018 was the last time they had worked the averages up. 2,362 abortions average per day in the United States. That's a lot of baby children that didn't get to have the life that God has intended. And that's just one little piece of stuff going on. What about all the other unrighteous activities, things that we might be able to speak into? How many things go on in the country today because the Christians during the years before today have maybe not done everything that they were called to do as Christians. I don't know. Everything is connected to everything else. You know, would if the Christians done more on this side of the world, would could it be affecting the bondage of different people groups in China today? Everything's connected. All 183 countries of the world are connected to each other. It's a very small little planet we live on, going around a sun 93 million miles away. There might not be very many places like this in the whole of the universe. This can be the illustration of Josh McDowell going down to the beach and picking up some sand, and then you start you know, running your fingers around until there's just one grain of sand in your hand. This earth may be the only grain of sand that God has brought life to. Your logic might say, ah, there's probably more. Look at all those suns. Look at all those plants and stuff. Maybe, but maybe not. If it's possible for me to walk to the beach where there are billions and billions of pieces of sand, a little triangular piece of sand that will lock together with other little triangular pieces of sand, a silica. If I can pick up one piece and put it in my palm of my hand and hold it and look at it, then it is nothing for our Father to have one place going, that's the place I'm going to bring 
life and I'm going to produce offspring to myself, humans, and mm, I'm going to have to send my only son to go and make things right. It's a fantastic story. And it's a true story. And how much bigger is it? We don't know. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. And Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. This, this she weighed. Verse 16. Go, say this to Mordecai. Go and assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa. Fast for me and do not eat or drink for three days, night and day. There's the number three. That is God's number. The Messiah will be in the earth three days, three nights before he's raised from the dead. You can go throughout scripture and find a bunch of encounters of three, of three days this and something, something three. Um, She's not just pulling this out of the hat. Don't eat or drink for three days, night and day, and I and my maidens also will fast in the same way, and thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Oh, that we would all be in the lineage of Esther. That we would do, each of us, whatever it is we need to do to obey our God. So Mordecai went away and did just as Esther had commanded him. And it came about on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace in front of the king's room so that you could see her from the throne. And the king was sitting on his royal throne in the throne room opposite the entrance to the palace. And when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight. And the king extended to Esther the golden scepter, which was in his hand. So Esther came near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, What is troubling you, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even to half of the kingdom I shall be given, it shall be given to you. And Esther said, If it please the king, May the king and Haman come this day to the banquet that I prepared for him. Then the king said, Bring Haman quickly, that we may go as Esther desires. So the king and Haman came to the banquet which Esther had prepared. Sure, it totally surprised the king that she put together this meal, this place. And as they drank their wine at the, at the banquet, the king says to Esther, What's your petition? For so it shall be granted to you. And what's your request? Even up to half the kingdom it will be done. And Esther replied, My petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and do what I request, may the king and Haman come to the banquet which I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king says. So then Haman went out that day glad and pleased of heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, 
that he didn't stand up or tremble before him, Haman was filled with anger against Mordecai. Haman controlled himself, however. He got his act together. He went to his home. He sent for his friends and his wife, Zestra. And then Haman recounted to them the glories of his riches, the numbers of his sons. I think he's got like ten. And every instance when the king had magnified him and how he had promoted him above all the princes and the servants of the king. And Haman also said, and even Esther the queen, let no one but me come with the king to the banquet which she has prepared. And tomorrow also I'm invited by her with the king. And yet all this does not satisfy me every time I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. <laughs> so his wife and his friends say to him, Well, have a gallows built, 50 cubits high. That's 18 inches times 50. Yeah, that's just on up there. It's pretty high. And in the morning, ask the king to have Mordecai hanged on it and then go joyfully with the king to the banquet. This, this is reminiscent of uh, Jezebel talking to her husband. And her husband's all upset because she won't, he wants this piece of land. You remember he wanted a little piece of land for a, a vegetable garden. The, the Jewish guy wouldn't sell it to him, you know. And she says, there, there, I'll take care of it. You know, and she has him killed, you know, gives the land to her husband. That story didn't turn out well either, as I remember. I think she and her husband both kind of, uh, I think the dogs had her for supper. What, didn't she eventually? That's another story. So they say, uh, so in the, the advice pleased Haman, so he had the gallows made. Now start watching for divine timing. There's divine timing in the Bible. There's divine timing always in our lives. Watch for those unusual times of things. So here's one. During that night, chapter 6, during that night the king could not sleep. So he gave an order to bring the books and the records and the chronicles, and they were read before the king. Now, I'm assuming that this took place the next morning. I think he couldn't sleep all night. And this was kind of rolling around in his head about, wow, you know, like, I just want to read this and see what's in there, and did I miss something? Verse 2, and it was found that Mordecai had reported concerning the two guys, you know, that the eunuchs that worked at the doorkeepers, and they, they wanted to kill the king. And uh, so the king says, uh, what honor or dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? Um, You know, he saved my life. And the king's servants who attended him said, nothing's been done for him. So the king says, divine timing, who's who's outside in the court? Who's Who's outside? Dignitaries. Anybody, anybody that's smart. Now, Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace. Wow. Could he control this? Nope. Could he control the king staying up all night? Could Esther? Nope. Could Mordecai? Nope. Haman's just entered the outer court, the king's palace, in order to speak to the king about about hanging Mordecai. That's why he's come on the gallows, which he's just had built out in his backyard at his house. The king's servant said to him, uh, Behold, Haman's just standing in the court. The king says, Let him come in. So Haman comes in. The king says to him, What should be done for a man whom the king desires to honor? 
And Haman said to himself, in his, in his, well, whom would the king desire to honor more than me? <laughs> oh, Haman said to the king, for the man whom the king desires to honor, let them bring a royal robe, which the king has swore, the horse on which the king has ridden, and on whose head a royal crown has been placed. And let the robe and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble princes. And let them array the man whom the king desires to honor and lead him on horseback through the city square and proclaim before him, Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king desires to honor. And the king said to Haman, Take quickly the robes and the horses you said and do so for Mordecai the Jew. <laughs> and the little kids would go, ooh, <laughs> sitting around. Who is sitting at the king's gate? Don't, do not fall short in any of all that you have said. Uh, so Haman took the robe and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square, proclaiming before him. Haman is proclaiming before Mordecai. Thus it shall be done to the man whom the king desires to honor. Verse 12, and then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried home, mourning with his head covered. He is so upset, so embarrassed. Oh, it gets worse. Okay, Haman recounted to Zestra, his wife and all of his friends, everything that's happened to him. Now, he's just the night before told all these other great things about himself and stuff to them and you know they said build the gallows and all this stuff <laughs> and then his wise men and his wife say to him if Mordecai before whom you have begun to fall they're prophesying of Jewish origin you will not overcome him but will surely fall before him Divine timing about to strike again. Verse 14. And while they were still talking to him, the king's unit arrived and hastily brought Haman to the banquet which Esther had prepared, the second banquet. Exactly, exactly when the conversation is going on at his house. The unit comes to the door to get him. Ah, the king and Haman came to, to drink wine with Esther and the queen. And the king says to Esther on the second day also as they had drank wine at the banquet, What's your petition, Queen Esther? It should be granted to you. And what's your request? Even to half of the kingdom it will be done. And then Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my, let my life be given me as my petition and my people as my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed and to be killed and to be annihilated. Now, if we had only been sold as slaves, men and women, I would have remained silent. For the trouble would, would be, you know, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't match the annoyance that's going to come to the king. So the king asked Queen Esther, well, who is he and where is he who would presume to do thus? And Esther said, a foe and an enemy is this wicked Haman. <laughs> right there. at the. It's only got two people being served, the king and Haman. And she's saying, he did it. 
Then Haman became terrified before the king and the queen. The king arose in his anger from drinking wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that harm had been determined against him by the king. And now when the king returned from the palace garden to the place where they were drinking wine, Haman was, had fallen on the, on the couch where Esther was. And then the king says, Will he even assault the queen with me in the house? And as the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. He's got some servants that I'm not so sure the servants had a lot of love for Haman. They might have, I don't know. It's his job. And so the head eunuch was there, this one. And he says um, before the king, Behold, indeed, the gallows standing at Haman's house 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on behalf of the king. And the king says, well, hang him on it then. So they hanged Haman on the gallows, which were prepared for Mordecai, and the king's anger subside. There's that divine timing again. And 50, 50 in top and shadow of the Old Testament stands for what? Anyone? Mueller? Bueller? No, it was named Bueller, Bueller. Bueller? Bueller? (laughs) 50 is the number of the Holy Spirit. 50 is the number used in building the courts uh, around. Uh, Moses was given the instructions of the layout of the plan, and there's like 50 falls, happens two or three times, in the layout of the tabernacle, the compound and the different parts so when you see the number 50 it's usually standing for something the holy spirit's come up with so the 50 was their idea but it was really also god's idea of of justice to be carried out ah so on that day chapter 8 the king gives the house of haman to queen esther and uh Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had disclosed what he, what he was to her, that, that he, he was her uncle. And the king took off his sign, the, the signet ring that, that he had taken away from Haman, and he gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. And Esther spoke to the king and fell at his feet and wept and implored him to avert the evil scheme of Haman's against um, the people. And she goes on down, verse 6, How can I endure to see the calamity which will befall my people? And how will I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? And so the king says to uh, Esther and to Mordecai, Well, I've given, um, I've given Haman's house to Esther, and I've had him hanged on the gallows, and he stretched out his hand against the Jews. Now you write to the Jews to see what you, whatever you want, what, what you feel is fit. Uh, use my name, seal it with your, the signet ring, and, um, and it won't be revoked. So the king's scribes uh, called for on the third month and the 23rd day of the month that it was written, all these things, and then they go on down, and it says that they sent them on, in verse 10, uh, sent letters by couriers on horses riding on steeds that were sired by the royal stud. So... The very best horse in the kingdom, probably the fastest best horse in the kingdom, has offsprings. And that was the, the so this special horses, uh, 
offsprings are the horses that are going to go out to all 127 of the provinces as fast as they can go send the message to tell about this plan. And the plan is that the Jews can fight for themselves, that they can uh, arm themselves against the enemy, whoever has made themselves enemies against them, and they can, they have, they'll have the right to uh, assemble in every city, defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, to annihilate the entire army of any people or province that would attack them, uh, or to, and um, including their children and women, and to plunder their spoils. So they send this copy out, um, and then uh, the couriers are hastened and impelled. And, and, and they've gone by the king's command. This is chapter 8, verse 14. They went out riding on the royal steeds. The d- decree went out. And then, and watch this part now right here. This is interesting. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in, in royal robes of blue and white with a large crown of gold and a garment of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. Okay, why blue and white? In numbers... It's given the description of the tallit, the prayer shawl, and the fringe of it is to be dyed a special color of blue. Now, the vegetable dye that they use to dye this, if you leave this um, indoors where it's not exposed to sunlight, it's kind of a purple color. It can be anywhere from a, almost a black, blackish purple. But if you take this out into the sunlight, it turns this wonderful shade of blue, kind of a sky blue. This is the color on the Jewish flag. The two stripes that run across the prayer shawl are this blue, and the fringe is this blue. And this is on the flag that they adopted in 1948. They put the Star of David in the middle of the flag with the two blues, But if you see a lot of flags and stuff, um, because they do it with this vegetable dye, they're all different colors. They're kind of, they can be dark purpley blue to this sky blue because it depends if the flag has been out in the sun. Because it's exposure to the sun that causes the blue to become this blue. Isn't that interesting? Just a little tidbit. So, he, he goes out dressed in the color of the Jewish people, white and blue. But he's also got on garments that represent the king, the crown, and the fine linen and the purple. And those are, uh, fine linen and purple are colors that, um, in different parts of that part of the world, this is a regular garb that the nobility wear that served the king. It's the royal colors of kings. So the Jews were light and glad and joyous and uh, <laughs> felt honored. And um, in each and every province, it says in verse 17 of 8, every king, uh, in every city, wherever the king's commandments, his decree arrived, there were gladness and joy for the Jews, a feast and a holiday. So they go on down and they... Uh, uh, they, they take care of business because they were, um, everybody honored this 
because it was a decree from the king's ring. And then they also, because Mordecai had been like a kind of... kind of over everything under the king, so they wanted to make sure that they did things exactly like Mordecai had asked to do it. And so the Jews took care of business. They, they, uh, they, they, uh, they give numbers of, of people that uh, were killed that were enemies of the Jews there in Susa. And so... They get into kind of like a two-day deal with this. It's like uh, I think the twelfth and the and the I mean the thirteenth, the twelfth month, thirteenth day, and the twelfth month and the fourteenth day, and that's when they they do this. Now there in Susa they they didn't they did it on the twelfth month on the fifteenth day, but that gets into the weeds almost of it. So what they did was is that they. Uh, Mordecai and they come up with a special holiday that will be passed down to the Jews that every year on the uh, on the 14th and 15th I think or is it the 12th and 13th I've got so many little things on the side of my column here they pick, they pick two days, and you can look it up. Um, and they, they uh, because when we go back to the beginning of Haman trying to decide when to present this very first edict, he was casting lots. He was sort of like throwing dice, their, their way of casting something to come up with a number. And when, when the lot hit just right, he felt spiritually this was the time to present this to the king. And so the word for lot is per, P-U-R. And so they, they named this for the word lot, and they call it Purim. So that's where we get the festival of Purim. Every year, the Jewish people have a two-day festival in honor of Esther, of Queen Esther going before the king and Mordecai. Uh, and this has been handed down through the years. So thanks for listening to all of that. Um, I thought this was kind of good. I put me even a cue for quote. So chapter 10, verse 3, the very last verse, says that Mordecai was second only to the king. He was great among the Jews in favor with many kinsmen, one who sought the good of his people and one who spoke for the welfare of his whole nation. May that happen in America. People that will do stuff rightly. May it happen in all 183 countries of the world till the Messiah comes back. And then it will be everywhere. So, anybody have something you want to say, add to, or have a question? I don't know that I got an answer, but... So famous quotes, if I perish, I perish. Yeah. Oh, oh the, southern, the southern version. Yeah.
Yep, that was good. So there was divine timing. You saw that. So be watching for divine timing in your life. And uh, if you get yourself in some situations, stop and say, you know, I might be in this situation because God needed me to be in this situation and to do this thing. And uh, it may be pleasurable or it may not be pleasurable. But you'll be able to sleep better if you know that you did God's will. And even if you find out later that you missed it, you get the points because you, you, you tried to do the right thing. You thought this was God. You might have even gone to counsel with some other Christians. And it's, it, everything seemed to point that way. And so you did that thing. So you get, you get suffer trying to do righteously. So may you have a great Lord's Day in Jesus' name. Amen.